evening and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. show tonight we've got Josh Staunton former player from 1996 it's Mickey Angwell Ricky Hyatt's here Assuming his car hasn't broken down again. And I'm here. So basically, we're all here. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. Uh, they say in politics that seven days is a long time. Well, I tell you what, one day in football is a long time because I sort of got it all worked out what we were going to have a chat about today, and it's everything's happening. So, um, yeah, it's 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 quite a uh, quite a strange sort of feeling, really. But uh, let's just introduce everybody to our guests tonight. First of all, Ricky Hyatt is here as usual. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, I good. Think so. And and then um, who else have we got? We've got a, a, a face from the past. We've got young Mickey Engwell has joined us from from Essex. Mickey, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, Eddie. Yeah, very good. Good. Lovely yeah, to have you on board, on, mate. Yeah. It's Thank lovely you. to have a, a voice from the past on board. It's great. It's you know, um, and then we got a voice from the present. We got young Josh. You right, Josh? Yes, I, I'm good. Thanks, mate. You? Yeah, I'm. I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. I'm sat here. I've got a, a thing on my th on my thighs, putting a, a vibrations up through it. I've got to put up with it for an hour. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to that. <laughs> well, they're in, but if you had sciatica like I've got, mate, you'd, you'd welcome it. <laughs> Trust me. Um, anyway, <laughs> I thought we'd. Hello with I, the I, I thought we'd start, Mickey, if you if you don't mind, because there's, although obviously you, you saw a few people on Saturday up at the ground, and that was great. Um, but I'm sure there's an awful lot of our listeners that that probably don't know an awful lot about you and your contribution to Yeovil. So I was wondering if you could just tell us, you know, uh, when you joined, how you joined, how it all came about and who you played with, really, just to sort of give people a, a rough idea of uh, your qualifications, so to speak. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I joined Yeovil in the, in the mid-90s. Um, I've come, or come up with Graham Roberts and a few of the, uh, the other London-based boys. Uh, I was there for three seasons. Um, Everyone knows about the club. Um, the, 
and what uh, what successes they've had. So yeah, it was it was a no-brainer for me uh, when Graham asked me to come down and sign. It was great, so I went down there and signed now. I must say, when I when I did come back this weekend to see the South End game, there's um, there's, uh, there's a lot of change. There's a lot of uproar there, which uh, which I'm sure you'll go on to uh, a little bit later. But yeah, mm. um, as I said, no brainer, easy decision to make. Thoroughly enjoyed my, my three years at the club, and uh, yeah, brilliant. Good, and uh, and you know what were the, the highlights of your, your time there? Do you think? Um, well, as I mentioned in the interview there, that the night we had the eight thousand there against Devonfield, uh, and a couple of couple of thousands locked out. I think both teams were. Um, I don't know if it's been done since, but both teams were over the hundred point mark. Uh, we were obviously first; they were second, and to reason a large crowd. So uh, that'd have to be an highlight, one of the highlights, winning the actual game away to Bromley um, on that day was another one and lifting the trophy at, at Chertsey when we uh, played again at home I think it was four and a half thousand there uh, against Chertsey so there's some of the highlights and and who was in the team alongside you then uh, Graham Graham was playing himself Jerry Gill Rob Cousins Steve Brown Warren Patmore Owen Pickard uh, Tony Pounder um, Graham Kemp. I mean, we, we we had 16 or 18 top quality players. So I mean, if you weren't producing the goods, or if you weren't you weren't up to scratch, Graham would just make a change. So he was always on your toes. And but yeah, very 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 good successful side. Graham Roberts was a, quite a character, though, wasn't he? I mean, he, you know, he played for Spurs, he played for Rangers, and you know, ended up at Yeovil. But everybody sort of kind of felt that one he was playing, he was class. Yeah, he was. Um, Really well disciplined. Um, said what it says on the tin, really. I mean, he'd go out there and give his all and make sure that his players and staff gave their all as well. So everything was methodical and, you know, we'd done our own work on the teams we were due to play. Um, so, yeah, you just you couldn't but learn from him. He was um, a great ambassador for the, for the club. Mm, great. Well, Josh, um, I know you're you're in a slightly difficult position, I suggest. So so please, if if I do ask any questions that are difficult for you, um, just tell me where to go. <laughs> but, basically, <laughs> <Very> diplomatic answers. <laughs> uh, but it's it's been a um, kind of a an odd twenty four hours. Uh, you know, one minute you've just won three on the trot and two goals <laughs> up in ten minutes, and everybody's you know on a high. And then the next thing you know is the managers decided to go and move to Woking. Um, did, yeah. it, did it come as a shock to you guys? Yeah, it was definitely a shock to us. Um, obviously, he told us beforehand, before it was announced, the senior players he told us. But um, it was a, it was definitely a shock. Like, and it's it's gutting for the group players because we were all in it together. Mm. And uh, he led us well. And, and it, it did. It, it, it sent shockwaves through the team, really. And it, it's quite a, a worrying the bigger picture is probably more worrying than the uh, for for us as players than the whole when then the initial just moving clubs. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. the worry yeah. of what that means for for us as a club and as a, as a team. I mean, you know, on on the podcast we've we've touched on it uh, on the whole sort of scenario of what's going on at Yeovil, but we've never really said an awful lot because we don't want to be too controversial. We certainly don't want to upset the the hierarchy at uh, at the club. Um, but at the same time, obviously, as supporters of the club, you know, we want to see the club successful. We want to see it pro- progress. 
it appears that, that Mr Priestnell definitely does want to sell the club and there are negotiations going on, we're told. But I reckon I could have taken over Old Trafford and Real Madrid in the time it seems to be taking to take over Yeovil. I mean, you you obviously not in a position to say too much on that particular issue, but um, it must be a bit unsettling for you guys with, with no contracts to sign. Andy, when I say to you, we know less than we know, we've known less than anyone else. Mm. It'd be an understatement. I mean, people have come to us when I've seen them in the gym asking for snippets of information. Yeah, and no one quite believes you when you say, "I we know less than we know least out of everyone." Mm. I mean, mm. we we didn't know anything until we saw it on Twitter regarding one of the uh, consortiums, and it is it it takes its toll. And um, I think it's probably one of the benefits of actually having a younger team that blind loyalty has been there where I think mm. I think if we had a group of older players who had fam- who were who were more family orientated I think it would be uh, a lot more toxic around the dressing room because I think people would especially this time of year people are starting to worry about their futures and mm. uh, and it's never nice it wasn't a nice position for the gaffer to be in obviously he's a- he's acted on it now um, but I think yeah we're just we're surrounded by uncertainty at the club and and it is it's disappointing when when you get to this stage of the season and you don't know whether you're wanted or unwanted. Mm. And that's not just me, myself, that's every player who's out of contract. At least you'd like some sort of clarity of where, whether you need to go and look elsewhere or whether you're going to be yeah, quite. Um, be and, offered offered something. And not only that, I mean, you know, it's been an up and down sort of season, hasn't it? You know, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, we started off sort of average, then we had a really good run, then we've had a terrible run. Now we seem to be starting another good run. And at a time when you're just starting a good run, the last thing you want is something like this to happen, isn't it? Yeah, but I think the thing the thing is, I I feel like the runs on the pitch are maybe. If you look, if I look back now, it may, may have been affected by the uncertainty because I feel like when we're high, it feels so high and there's no white noise because everyone's fully focused on the football. And then as soon as we lose a game, it's like straight away everyone's. It, it's it's hard to hide from it. Everyone's talking about mm. a takeover and and I think that things must like, take its toll, Josh. Um, yeah, with you as a group of players. Like I mean, you obviously try and focus to to, to play in every game and everything else. And, oh, well done, Saturday, by the way. I thought it was quality. Um, but it must take its toll eventually. Uh, and some, as you say, some of them players, it may they may depend on that money or that you know that bit of security. It can't be easy for them. Yeah, and and it comes down to things like uh, I had a long conversation with with, uh, with one of the boys on the weekend, and they said you're putting yourself at risk. But I'm I'm currently playing with injuries. Mm-hmm. I said you're putting yourself at risk, and you don't know whether the club want you. Mm. Exactly. So I'll get yeah. so I'm get through to the end of the season, and someone might not want to give me an operation at the end of the season. Mm. And then, I, and then if there's no contract, I'm trying to find a new club whilst requiring surgery. Yeah. Mm. So all them things, they they even if they don't direct directly affect you at the time, they they I think they take their toll. And and, and when I was saying to the young lads I live with here, I said because it's been quite a lazy day here in this house. And I said, there's probably the just emotional draining and that mm. seeing the manager leave is probably, even though you don't think it, it is just another kick in the, kick in the, in the nuts, so to yeah. speak. So, mm. so it isn't, and, and it does it, it. We're, we're only human and everyone sees Premier League footballers on X amount of money. And we're definitely not in that bracket. And all of a sudden you start thinking, one, is there going to be a club next year? Two, is there, are we ever going to find out about contracts? Mm. Mm. And it does. It gets it gets very difficult as a player, but it's um, 
it's nice that we've had a turn in results because it protects us from that a bit and it and it puts a smile back on your face and 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 you know what they say all the time everything's going well on the pitch nothing else seems to matter does it so it, no. it does give you that peace of mind and and from the point of view of, of of Darren of course I mean you know all all credit to him he's he's had to work with the uncertainty as well and, and probably he shields you guys from a lot of it deliberately because he doesn't want it to affect you um but I mean he's 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 no different than the rest of us I mean he's he's probably got a mortgage I guess and he's he's got a young family and he, he's got to look to to look after his young family and and if there's no certainty for him and his contract's due to run out I think I'm right in saying at the end of this season yeah. is there any wonder that that if, if a good job offer comes along he's gonna he's gonna have a go at it isn't he hey, if, if anyone else was if anyone else is was looking like they could be made redundant and they went and took a new job no one would ever begrudge them would they, they no if, especially as we we are not in the luxury where we can have a year off like Premier League footballers and, and it wouldn't hurt our bank accounts. Yeah. We are very much normal people and we require jobs to live. Yeah. Yeah. And uh it isn't it is at the end of the day, if someone gives you a secure contract, I can't the gaffer's got two young kids, a wife. Mm. I can't I would never ever begrudge him that security. And uh ultimately that security is what is probably cost cost you over because I think it would be a massive loss to the club. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's that's the whole idea of of a contract. Um, simple as that. I mean, it gives you that little bit of insurance. Um, it gives you that chance to to maybe when your contract's coming to an end to look elsewhere. But you've still got that little bit of insurance where you know that you're. I mean, it's cut to the chase. You're going you're to be paid. You're going to have your money, uh, and you know you can't blame Dale for for that at all. No. Yeah. No. no. Definitely not. What do you think about it, Rick? I mean, you've sat there on the sidelines and listened and seen. What do you think? It's the whole takeover thing is quite surprising because the longer it goes on, the less attractive Yeovil Town becomes to prospective buyers because bit by bit, you know, you thought maybe they were hanging on to the FA Cup run finished and then maybe sell it then. No, didn't. And now one of the other one of the major assets has gone today. And bit by bit, the playing side of it, if if the lads are out of contract in the summer and they the club aren't in a position to offer them offer them contracts and they'll be going elsewhere. So Yeovil becomes less and less of an attractive option to prospective buyers. So it doesn't, it, it's, it's just can, it's just confusing more than anything, I think. And nobody knows. I mean, if Darren didn't know what was going on. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, to be honest, Rick, I, I, I'm surprised it's, it's been allowed to get this bad. It's the mess, isn't it? It's yeah, mess. exactly. Exactly. Uh, to get this bag, I mean, I mean, this. Let's face it. Yeovil is a league league club. I mean, the setup, the, the premises is a league club. I mean, it, when I went there Saturday, Rick, it, and it, it just, you know, it turned my head what was being what was being discussed. And I mean, I won't go into that into that because I, you know, I don't want to say anything untoward. But it was it was alarming what was being said and how the club was being run and how the players were and the manager were. Uh, or was so yeah it was an eye opener to me but you're right the thing is that they, 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 people make a lot of uh fuss if you like about the fact that Leeds and Newcastle take it to the top level are one club one city clubs if you know what I mean that city's just got that one focus Yeovil Town Football Club really is a one county club there's only one yeah. sensible yeah. club in the county that's got a, a chance of achieving anything and you know, if you get the backing behind it, like back when I know it's harking back, but 
they've had glory days in the in the past and whatever and everyone unites behind it and it's just it's as a supporter it's just sad to see it being allowed to drift into into nothingness because nobody seems to want to be proactive about the situation and it's just disappointing really. but what i can't understand i mean you can't you can't blame any prospective new owners uh, to to going into the the due diligence in in a big way because you know it's, we're talking about a lot of money and although it might not be the sort of money that that Newcastle or Leeds or Man United or would talk about relatively speaking it's it's a lot of money whatever the figure is and I don't know what the figure is I'm only I'm only speculating with what's said so therefore you can understand them to want to be um, thorough and to make sure but this is this has been going on. Um, well, I mean, I went to a dinner in the beginning of December uh, where the prospective new owner was there and he was quite categoric about saying that it was all happening and everything would be great and that would be fine. Well, that was three months ago. Well, I cannot see... What takes three months? I mean, the books are there, one assumes. The figures are there. So what? what is the problem? You know, one, tell us. And surely the new owner doesn't want to buy a club that's got two-thirds of the, the, the squad have, have suddenly disappeared because their contracts have run out. I mean, I, I don't understand it. It, it, it just it fails That's to... what I mean. It's less and less attractive to yeah. a prospective buyer, isn't it? So, yeah. But then it might not be where everybody's jumping on the back of the, of the current owner. It might not be his fault. Mm. The buyers might be fanning around. You don't know. Yeah, well, it could no. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, it could be. It, it, there's two people in the you know in the negotiations, so it's one or the yeah. other, isn't it? That's holding it up. We we'll never know. But um, you know, it's 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 worrying. And and you know, like you say, Josh, you have got this operate. What just what is the status of your operation situation now with the old uh, injury? I mean, are you gonna? Um, I think I've got a scan tomorrow, so yeah. um, we're gonna see the damage and see if I can get through it's just getting unbearable really the pain so yeah so um it's a, it's not a long operation I think it's only two or three weeks out so yeah it might be a case of just get needing to get it done and, and be back for the end of the season mm. hopefully yeah if you hang if you hang on too long Josh you won't be any season to come back for will it you might as well leave it till yeah. leave it till the end you need to act yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah but then then again yeah. you don't want to go through the pain I mean I you know Pain's pain. Not it's, everybody it's... is as, as averse to pain as you are. <laughs> well, no, I, pro- problem, I've had this for twelve months, Rick. Torso. So I know I can I can sympathise. Different injury, but I can sympathise with the guy. Yeah. it's it's not yeah, nice. No. no, the problem is it's it's um obviously it's in my pubic area, so it's it's immobilising really, probably more than painful. Yeah, any sort of stretch and yeah. irregular movement. And we all know what those are. <laughs> is this the forum for your irregular pubic because <laughs> you've got that vibrating seat yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's Phil's hot but get back to football but, but just go back to football a bit and yeah um, you obviously didn't play on Saturday but uh, it was a, a far better talking to me again pardon you are you talking to me again I didn't play no I'm, I'm talking to Josh time. now oh sorry Josh you carry on mate um but it was it was a much more you know thorough default performance. I thought two early goals, everything sort of seemed to click into place really nicely. Yeah, I think it was it was good to get two early goals. I think that was something we haven't done much this season, and it makes a massive difference. We saw it against Dagenham how much difference it makes. We were on the better end of it this time, mm. but um, it was good. The boys started really well. It was a good day for the club. Yeah, good day to celebrate. 
Well, that's right. And, it uh, was. Yeah, and uh, it was it was good. It was just a better all round performance, and hopefully, although we've probably not got much to play for this season, now it it. Well, I'd like to say it carry us into next season well, but yeah. as you all know, it's a bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, who's going to be there? Yeah, we don't know what, what's going to be happening. And, and what, what's Charlie Lee's reaction been to all this? Because I mean, he sort of—he's only just joined us for, well, yeah. in, his, in his current capacity, obviously, because we was here for before. But I mean, you know, how's he taken all this? I mean, it must have been a bit of a, a shock to. Him. I suppose, obviously, he would be in, in Darren's confidence, but at the same time, you know, he didn't know it was going to necessarily happen. So uh, I wonder what he, how he's taken it. Yeah, knowing Charles like I do, I think he's probably secretly looking forward to a bit of a challenge but um, it's kind of an ideal situation isn't it really there's no no real pressure on the season now mm. and uh, hopefully you can get us enjoy all keep us keep us enjoying football play with a smile on our face for the last nine, nine games and, and I'm sure we'll, the boys will be carrying on where we left off in terms of attitude for him so it's not like all of a sudden the boys are going to down tools I know that from that dressing room so mm. Uh, I think I think it'll be a nice a nice start to management for Chaz. Mickey, you, you know you're a, a, an ex footballer now, but you're still involved from a coaching point of view. Um, what did you see? You know, you saw the team. It's the first time you've seen them play for a while, presumably. What did you think of what you saw? Yeah, I was very impressed. Um, as, as Josh said and Rick said, I think that they got out there. They got out the gates quickly and uh, imposed yourself on the game. I thought they made South End look average. Um, they didn't really cause any concerns against Yeovil. Um, but just slightly going back, I mean, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask. Is is there a is there a short list or is it, does anyone know that who's likely to come in or is it too soon to speculate that or? What, what I mean, do you I'm mean? Just I'm... on the player's point of view, whoever whoever come in, I think. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say, but I think whoever was to come in, their first port of call is obviously uh, secure the players' contract. I mean, make sure they've got a team, uh, make sure the players are happy, and then build around that. And I think the rest will take care of itself. But having said, looking at the side, I thought that was very good. But but from you know going back to what you just said, the, the, the thing I don't think it's quite so much as who's coming in to take up the contracts, etc. I think the initial problem is is getting the bloody ownership sorted out. Right. Because until you get the ownership sorted out, you've got you've got you know the whole thing is there's there's no as far as I understand it there's very little if nothing um, in terms of investment at the club because the guy wants to sell it so he doesn't want to spend money on it when he's going to sell it and not necessarily re recoup that that outlay so from what I can gather um, you know it's it's more down to the you know the prospective buyer and the prospective seller. To get together and get it sorted because it's—I mean, it must be a year be since this guy has been involved. Um, what I mean, Eddie, is, is, I mean the players need a figurehead. They need someone, whether it's someone that comes in as part time and sees it over to the end of the season, or uh, I know the issues, what's going on around the club, but the players still need uh, a vocal, someone vocal, and someone to to look up to in, in that respect. You know, so someone coming and take it part time—that's mm. that's what I was wondering. But how, how many times have you seen a player sign for a club? The club sacks a manager, and then the player... It happened with Robin Van Persie at United. Signed for Fergie, and then 12 months later, he's playing for David Moyes. Hang on, this isn't what I signed up for. So the yeah. players aren't going to want to commit themselves until they know, like you say, exactly. who's, who's in charge. Exactly. And on, on that note, I would just like to say, uh, 
currently in the FA Trophy final and I've got Yeovil in the playoffs on Football Manager. Just saying, just in case uh, anyone anyone wants to know. But no, you're right, isn't it? It's, it's, it's hard to sign a contract. Managers all have all have opinions and you might sign a contract in good faith and the manager, they we sign a new manager in the summer who doesn't like you. Mm. So you're stuck there for two years not playing. It's very odd to sign for yeah. that manager, don't you? You buy yeah, into yeah. his idea and sign for him and his, his philosophy, if you like. And then if he's gone, and they all bring they all bring their own players. And if a manager brings his own players in and doesn't fancy you, you've just signed a contract for two years and won't play. And the club yeah, are going to be desperate to get you out. Yeah, and and in this and also it comes down to budget. If there's no, if the ownership issues, are, how does a manager know his budget if he's, the owner might be selling? It makes it very very difficult. I mean, yeah. we, you know, we as a radio station and 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 me personally and and you know we, we haven't got an axe to grind with the, the present owner. All we want is, is, is our football club. We want to see our football club progressing and, and prospering. And obviously, in this sort of this uncertain state that they find themselves in, it's very difficult to to sit on the sidelines and say nothing. And you know, generally, that the, the fans will have their say on the various social medias, and sometimes they overdo it, and sometimes they're very critical and possibly not necessarily because if they don't know what's going on it's very easy to to be jumping to conclusions that you don't know are necessarily correct ones to jump to so uh, you know we, we try to sort of remain as 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 balanced as we possibly can we're not out to to upset people at all we're just but we're just talking about it and it does seem all of a sudden as though it's taken on a far more serious note in that now suddenly the manager's gone so there's, there's, you, you'd have to say that although Mr. Priestnell is the chairman and as such he's, it's his football club, um, but the, the figurehead was really Darren and Darren's gone now. So, you know, Charlie's got a, 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 a real job on his hands. I mean, as you say, it's nothing much to play for at the moment. So from that point of view, that helps. But, you know, he's, he's only just sort of arrived at the club in his new guise and suddenly he's thrown in, he's, he's the interim manager for the moment. It's, it's it's hard but there anyway um, I guess there's not an awful lot more we can say about it in, in so much as and just basically hope and pray that something gets sorted out fairly quickly uh, or very quickly because it's what are we now uh, March the 28th so April, May well, it's a month and a half roughly isn't it I suppose to the end of the season yeah, yeah. Um, which is not a lot of time. Well, I know there's a few games, but in terms of time, it's not long, is it? So I guess we've got to hope that something does sort of come along and get sorted out. Right, that's Yeovil sorted out then. <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> let's 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 move on a little bit. Um, an awful lot of publicity about Gareth Bale over the weekend, and he did score two very good goals for Wales, and having Welsh blood in me, I was quite pleased about that. But... Um, what did you guys think of his performance and the Welsh performance generally? I did not Obviously not good very good. Yes, <laughs> yeah. No, it's better than the performance. He got a right old uh, slating again yeah. for Spanish press, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very much I don't know so. what, what they expect from him. I mean, how many players have won more Champions League or European Cup titles than him? Mm, exactly. They got four. Four? He deserves a little bit of respect, whatever you... Think of interesting thing. My son asked me on the on the way into school this morning. He asked me if uh, I think he'd been reading something. He said, "Do you think that Gareth Bale is uh, one of the best all-time players?" 
Well, he's not even the best player to play for Wales, is he, really? Well, who would you put that he's down to? Pardon? Who would you put that down to, then? The best put player to down? play for Wales? Ryan Giggs, Giggs, isn't it? Yeah. Giggs, without a shadow of a doubt. But Bale's produced more, and he's done more for Wales than Giggs he ever did. But yeah. he's not he's not in the same league as Ryan Giggs as a player. Hmm. No, but I mean, I, I, mean I, I, think, I, I think I think Gareth, I mean Gareth Bell's still quality, but he's just the if you want to put it on the downward spiral of his career, uh, obviously fell out with people in Spain, and I think again people just jump on the bandwagon and yeah. and want to slate him for not doing his uh, for doing his part, but you know, I just get my scrapbook out and say, look what what you done, what you you know what you won exactly is what was the classic thing, isn't it? Makes you show us your medals. Yeah, and it sounds a bit corny, but I mean, as you said earlier, he's, he's been there, seen it, done it. Yeah, and, and kind of very good. what what do you think? Uh, you know, if he did get Wales to the final, sort of, sort of almost single handedly, though, but that's a bit of an insult to the rest of the team, I know. But um, he's certainly the sort of spark, isn't he? That if if he is if he's on fire, then Wales usually win. I mean, just how much of a uh, you know an achievement would that be to to, to um, Gareth Bale to get to the finals? Oh, it's massive. It's massive. But again, as as, as Josh and Rick will say, it's his name. Hmm. It's name. Once Gareth Bale's named in a side, um, you're going to expect something, you, you know. And I think if he takes them there, all credit to him. Um, as I said, because he's some of the punditry he's getting, I think, is unfair uh, for what he's done and how he's helped Wales out. So. You know, I'm for one think that if he does get them there, it'd be uh, exceptional. Mm. He's one of those one of those players like um, David Gower and Kevin Peterson, who you associate more with playing international sport yeah. than yeah. club sport. I mean, I know he's been at one of the biggest clubs in the world, but you still the things he does that you notice more seem to be international things. And as soon as yeah. international football goes for him, I don't think he'd be hanging around playing football for the joy of it. He'd be off on the golf course. Mm. No, I think I think he flourishes being a, a big fish in a smaller pond. Yeah, like I think I think, but uh, Real Madrid probably took him as a bit of a shock, and the fans are always quite hostile out there, aren't they? Like, yeah. they do turn on you quick. And well, he hasn't really bought into the Spanish lifestyle, has he? I don't think he can speak much more Spanish now than than when no, he no, moved. Yeah, up. yeah. I think that's why I don't like him, isn't it? Because he doesn't try. That doesn't. Learn. That doesn't help, does yeah. it? Really? No, no. Especially, yeah, they're very strong in culture, aren't they? Yeah. And he's not tried. He just kept himself to himself and. Well, not really worried about football. He's worried more about the golf, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, no, exactly. Um, talk about Chelsea for a minute as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen the headlines today that apparently Roman Abramovich and some of the Ukrainian um, peace negotiators have, yes, uh, poisoned in. It sounds a little bit sort of drastic, doesn't it, chaps? But, I mean, you know, what do you think about that? I mean, do you think that's true? Well, it must be true, I suppose, because it's in the Daily Mail. So, uh, you know, what do you think about it? So what's happened? Well, apparently they've been poisoned. They've been subjected. Abramovich? Abramovich and some of the Ukrainian um, peace negotiators. Now, that's that's all... It wouldn't surprise me. I haven't read the full story, but that's what the headline says. In fact, whilst we're we're talking about it, but, I mean, it's, you know, it it just adds even more... um, sort of intrigue, if you like, to the whole sort of situation. The headline says, Roma Bramovich and two Ukraine peace negotiators suffered a suspected poisoning that caused the skin to peel off their faces after attending talks this month. Ex-Chelsea boss 
also lost his sight for hours and was hospitalised in Turkey. So, there you go. So I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past them. No, well, it's a bit poisoning. <laughs> isn't isn't that a case of the biter getting bit? Isn't it a case of the what? Salisbury and whatever they were renowned for, aren't they, the Russians? Yeah. But are they saying Russia's done it, or no? They're Russia's not. They're not. They're not going that quite so far. They're just saying it doesn't really say. No, Chelsea owners reportedly just poisoned. After a meeting to discuss peace talks. Yeah. So, I don't know, but I mean, you know, it, it, in a way, it does go to prove one thing that Abramovich is well and truly right in with. Uh, Mr. Putin, isn't it? I mean, he is. He makes his steel company provides the the steel for his tanks, doesn't it, and and yeah. all sorts. So he's he's, he's yeah, very that's what heard. yeah. So it's uh, no pretty drastic, but but I mean, going back to Chelsea, I mean, you know, what do you know? Do you think that they're being un unfairly treated, Mickey? Do you think? I mean, or do you think that it's you know? I mean, purely from the point of view of football now, I mean. Nobody's. I'm not saying that Abramovich is, but do you think that the the fans and Chelsea Football Club are getting a raw deal out of this? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's not their it's not their problem really. When you when, when you break it down, it's again it's on a much larger larger scale. It's similar to the Oval thing, really. It's um, the, all the what the players want to know is who's in charge, who's the chairman, or whatever, and. And the fans want to know the same thing, but I don't think they've got you know any blame in what's gone on. Um, but obviously they had to act. Mm. No, well the government obviously had to act, and I think that you know fair enough. Although I must admit, let's not get political here, but uh, it does make me embarrassed to be English when you see how they're mucking about with these visas. But that's another story. Anyway, you were Welsh five minutes ago. Eh? I am, yeah. But you so were Welsh what? five minutes ago. Yeah, well, so okay. <laughs> What's your point? Make your mind up. What's your point? <laughs> make your mind up. Come on, make your point. Um, that was my point. OK. <laughs> but, um, well, we should we should have to wait and see, obviously. I see they're, they're talking about the middle to the end of April when they're going to name the, the um, acceptable... It's the 11th, bid. isn't it? Is it? The 11th of April? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, uh, they've obviously got somebody in mind, that's for sure. But uh, but I see that Mason Mount has even come out and started saying that he's a bit concerned. Well, yeah, I can understand Rougier, or whatever his name is, uh, because he's, his contract's over, isn't it? But Mason Mount, presumably, has got an ongoing contract, hasn't he? I would have thought. Yeah, I would imagine he's got a few years, yeah, definitely. So for him uh, to start know, voicing exactly, but... um, you know, his concerns, that sort of, you know, he must... He must be a bit worried, I should think, but I don't know. Um, moving on to England, what did we think about the England victory on Saturday night, wasn't it, I think? 2-1. Inevitably, Harry Kane scores. Um, perhaps not so inevitably that um, Luke Shaw scored. Good goal, too, I thought. That's two on the trot for Lukey, isn't it? Something like that. Um, yeah, what do you think? I think, I think England... Um... I mean, people don't realise where they've got to these major competitions. Uh, mate, we've got to, I, know, I know we've not won in the old penalty cliche and everything else. And, but, I mean, they get into major finals and they're there or thereabouts. I think, personally, um, I just think it's a matter of time. I think he's got a good young squad. Um, and they're certainly going in the right direction. Rick? Uh, yeah, we can't, can't disagree with that. The, the important thing for England is that they become a tournament team rather than just a team that performs well in friendlies, which is what they've done. I mean, 
some people want the cake and eat it. England get to the semi-finals of the World Cup and people complain about the way they played to get there. Well, you either want them to play champagne football and go out to the USA and Costa Rica and whoever in the group stages, or you want them to play tournament football, which is what we've always envied the Germans in particular about. And uh, Gareth Southgate, he just strikes me as being, he's an international manager. He never pulled up any trees at Middlesbrough, really, as a club manager. But he's just international football. He seems to be the right sort of fit for it. So, no, it's, it's fair play. He's making the best. We've had a golden generation that achieved absolutely nothing. So it's, it's nice to see something happening for once. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. That. I, I, I think, he's, 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 as I said, he's got a young squad. If you go back to some of the, uh, the better sides, your Spains and your Germanys, I mean, they went through a barren spell, Spain, where they, they had all youngsters and they come through and ended up winning everything. So I think, you know, we may just give him a little bit of time and we'll, we'll, we'll see how we go. And, and, of course, Italy, <laughs> who beat us somewhat fortuitously, I thought, in uh, in the Euro final, um, suddenly got out to North Macedonia. So kind of what does that tell us, if anything? Josh? Oh, I don't know. Did, did, they, did they qualify for the last World Cup? Who? North Macedonia, Italy. Italy, Italy. Or did they miss out on that as well? They missed out on that. Isn't it two World Cups in a row? I don't think they qualified. Yeah, oh. so it's really strange. Uh, I don't know. You'd have thought they'd have just walked into that, especially against North Macedonia. I don't know. Yeah. I can't explain that one, Ailey. No. It's, <laughs> well, it is. A, it's, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Really, you'd never have put your money on that. I mean, and I see that they've got they've got they could upset Cristiano because uh, they play North, uh, Portugal next, don't they? I think. So, yeah, who North North Macedonia? Or, yeah, North yeah. North, yeah, North Macedonia. Right. Yeah, so poor old Cristiano, he he could be embarrassed. I don't think he will yeah. be, but then again, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, but then be. if you if you were to give him a choice, who do you want to play to qualify for a World Cup? North Macedonia or Italy? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, I think He's I not going to Well, it's not mm. just just Cristiano, is it? I mean, Bruno's there as well, so I mean, you know... And... There are other players in the squad yeah. as well, actually. <laughs> and Diogo, <laughs> Diogo Dallo. going out and playing. Yeah, well, you know me. You know me, old dog, you know me, you know me. But, um, yeah, now I'm just looking at my list a minute. Um, Donny van der Beek came to United, didn't hardly get a game, moved on on loan to Everton. Hardly set the world on fire. So the question I'm asking you boys is, is he a dud or is he a good player that's just having a bad time? Who's first? Um, I think I, I think it's hard to say, isn't it? It's hard to say, especially anyone who thinks it's, going, it's easy going into a losing team is has never played football because it was never going to be easy for him to go to Everton hmm. and perform like you'd expect him to perform at Man United because it's a different game. They won't have as much of the ball. Teams won't sit back as much. Teams see that as three points where they probably don't against Man United. And does it fit his style of football? Maybe not. Does the English game fit his style of football? Maybe not. I think if uh, they get that IX manager, I think he'll be he'll breathe he'll let out a big sigh of relief. If so you, I think that'll be good for him. If you had to summarize, I think, you, I think you, as well, Josh. Don't you? Don't you? I think it's. Um... It's a confidence thing as well, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Uh, if you've uh, if you've got a man- manager that, that believes in you, as you said, or your system, or keeps playing you more as a point, and you're getting a regular regular performances, and 
and you become confident, as you know, as a player, it's um, you seem to you know produce your best football when you when you're confident. Yeah. I mean, I think he's severely lacking in confidence, and I think that's why his his displays of and Mike, he's, he's, he's barely played football in two years. Exactly. You don't just go out there, I mean, walk on a pitch, and, and put in ten out of ten performances because no. you have to find your groove, you have to find your rhythm. It's going to take him. It's going to take him a couple of months. Right. To get the and he's not a bad player. I don't think he's a bad player, but I just, yeah. <laughs> but Josh, you said he's got to adapt to English style football. How would you describe the English in in your eyes? What, what's the English style of football? Well, uh, well, I struggle to believe that Premier League can be that is quick in terms of deep line players. I don't see it as a quick game compared to like the level we play, where everyone just gets smashed every five minutes. But um, the the foreign football must be really really slow because that's what they keep saying how different it is to the Ajax football and stuff like that. Because until you, I always think the Premier League until you get in the final third isn't unless you're playing like Man City, Man City or Liverpool isn't really super fast. It's just the final third gets really, really sharp. But um, I suppose it must be the pace of the game. And, and they say how physical it is over here. So God knows what they think if they came into our league. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the end of the uh, transfer window. I mean, I presume he comes back to United then and we'll have to see. But another sort of one season wonder I see is, is struggling now is Memphis Depay. Of course, he had a connection with United because he was with us for a year or so. But now, you know, it looks like, uh, from what I'm reading, that Barcelona are going to dump him as well. He's going to leave. Um, what do we make of that, if anything? Rick? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know, to be honest with you. Well, he's been linked with Premier League clubs. I mean, he's clearly a, a decent player, but he's, he's very much... Um, I don't know, he seems to be a bit of an individual, is the way he's always come across. I thought when he signed for United, with the with the record he had over in Holland, I thought he was going to tear it up. Mm. But again, it was uh, it was Louis van Gaal, wasn't it, who uh, yeah. ruined, ruined United a bit more. Mm. I think it must just be really hard for these players to stay motivated. I think they just got so much. It must be so hard to wheel yourself out there they're not playing for contracts, are they? They don't really care. No. They're virtually yeah. amateurs again at that level. Because yeah, you're, so play, you're playing for trophies and whatever, yeah. not, not financial rewards, really, are you? Because like and, I say, it's life. And the way the game's gone, if, you, if you're having a rough time of it, you just move on. That's what it's mm-hmm. like at the top level. You don't really mm. suffer. If they have a bad season, they just go to another big club and, and hopefully it clicks there. So... Well, they're all well, multi-millionaires, no, think... aren't they? They're already multi-millionaires yeah. anyway. And, and it, it doesn't matter to them if they don't get another contract. No. It's like once once you climb the levels enough to get to that elite sort of level, it's like the old managerial merry-go-round that we used to have in this Yeah, country. exactly. Once you're there, once you you're stay there. there. Yeah, somebody else will yeah. have you, even if, in, if it's not working out at, at, at where you are. Yeah, yeah it's a strange, strange yeah. world, that elite football. Like a, a newly promoted team will go and sign a centre-half who's been relegated for five out of four seasons. Yeah. yeah, who's just gone down because they think he's got Premier League experience. Well, he's a, yeah, he's a proven Premier League yeah. player. Yeah. He's yeah. a proven relegation candidate. So it's, it's a strange, like you say, once you're there, you stay there. Yeah. But um, I think it's got to come down to motivation because he's obviously a good player or else he wouldn't have got to where he's got. Mm. But when the chips are down, they've got no, yeah. they've got no mm. reason to fight. 
Yeah. No, there's nothing hanging. There's no real jeopardy in it for them. No, is it's it? just it's just as easy for them just to walk and sign for another club. Yeah. Than it is That's to it. try and. There'll always be someone that'll have them. Yeah. Mm. Going back to England a minute, we didn't. The last contract. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't finalise the England question. So let's go back to that a minute. I mean, what do we think of the performance generally? In that game. Yeah. Um. Quite quite average to be honest. Uh, Function. Yeah, that that's probably a word. Yeah, yeah, they done enough there, um, and yeah. they tend to do that in a lot of games. England, don't they? Yeah. Um, but do you but think that's that's a, that is that a trait that they need to get rid of? They've done enough. If they're good enough to beat a team four nil, five nil, they should be doing it four nil, five nil. But to, to just that kind of almost sort of says, well, they're 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 slacking off too much. They're you know, they get to get in front. Oh, that'll do, you know. I don't know. Is, is, I think is, we're the world's worst. As Rick said earlier, I mean, it, it doesn't matter to seem, seem to matter what England do. If they get to semi-finals and finals, the, the average England supporter will always expect more and say they haven't done this, they haven't done that. The press get on top of the players. And I think we're renowned for doing that. Um, but as oh, I think Gareth Southgate's got a good side there and, and he's getting things done. And again, we look quite strong going into a major top competition. Yeah, it's about results, isn't it? It's not about performances at that, yeah. that sort of level. But do you think his assistance on bringing in young players is good? I, I do personally. I think the more the more the merrier because he's he's insisted on bringing in three or five. I mean, this Gallagher Gallagher chap that plays for Crystal Palace, for example. I mean, I thought he looked all right on uh, on Saturday. Um, Saka's looked consistently quite quite sort of useful, hasn't he, from Arsenal? Um, you know, I'm sorry that uh, Mr. Greenwood is not amongst them, and I'm sorry that Rashford's not amongst them. But I mean, um, you know, he's brought in a few quality players, and they seem to be showing it. They're not, they're not being phased by playing for England. No, it'd be interesting to to find out the average age of um, of his starting eleven. I mean, you've got the likes of Grealish and, and Mount and players like that, and I can't think of the lad's name now from from Leeds, um, the midfield player. Yeah, I mean, you've got players like that. It's um, it, It'd be interesting to see what the average age would be. I know you've got your, your players that are a bit more established that will start, your Canes and, and people like that, but it's, I, I, I feel quite confident. Mm. Well, I mean, you'd have to feel confident after the fact, we, you know, we got to the final of the Euros, albeit we lost on penalties yet again. I mean, uh, you know, how sick is that, mind you, the fact that we constantly seem to lose the penalties. But there we go. Um, right, Conte at uh, Spurs. He seems to be slowly, slowly, you know, beginning to get something right at Spurs, although they, they still drop in the odd result, which is perhaps not good enough. But what do we rate? I mean, you know, you're up in Essex there, uh, Mickey. I mean, do you, you sort of probably hear a lot more about Spurs up there than perhaps we do down here. I mean, what, what do you think of him as a manager? Yeah, I think he's class. I mean, I'm a Spurs supporter, so I was a little bit um, obviously when Mourinho were left and and we got him in, or after no, no, we got him in. I thought we took a little bit of a while for him to get established in his way he wanted uh, Spurs to play. But um, I think they look quite good, or they're getting better. So I think they're adapting to the way that he wants to play. I think he's quite emotional. Expects a lot from his players. Um, and I think he's told a few that I think Harry Kane has benefited from him. I think he looks sharp again now since he's come back and, and, and scoring again. So, yeah, I think he's a class manager. Hmm. 
And and you, you know, do you think Spurs are going to be able to get into the top four? Because I mean, it's a straight fight, isn't it? Really, three teams trying to get in there. I can't see anybody else um, interfering with it. All. My money's on Arsenal. My money's on Arsenal, but I, I mean, they've got quite a tough running. Um, who knows? As you said earlier, I mean, Spurs are prone to you know dropping the odd points and for silly games where they're expected to win. So I, I don't know. It's going to be tight. Um, but the, the last result, good, good result against West Ham, so. That puts us in a frame at least. Hmm. Rick, what do you think? Uh, I, I, I don't know, really. Uh, well, it's unlike you, not Kulis to know. Kulisescu uh, looks a good player. Yeah. yeah. And that's, a, that's a Conte signing. So, hmm. potentially, if he, it's, it's the same with any manager, isn't it? Once you get the players in that you want and you feel comfortable with, you're more likely to develop something but if you're dealing yeah. with other people's players and that you didn't necessarily want or choose to have then it, it's harder but will he stay there long enough to actually establish it and get Spurs the way he got Chelsea playing the way he wanted them to will he well, stay long it. enough yeah this is it with can it I mean yeah it's it's the manager against Levy isn't it it's been like that's for Spurs for God knows how many years is he going to be allowed to spend um you, you, you just don't know. They've been setting their ways for so long that, you know, um, hopefully he's allowed to spend some money. He's bought one or two good signings in, as you said, but we'll see. And these next two are going to, you're going to love these, Rick. Because, uh, well, talking about on. Louis Van Gaal, did you realise yeah. that Virgin Van Dyke has been questioned? Virgin he, Van Dyke. Virgin, yeah. He's a definite virgin, isn't he? Get off that chair. It's, it's affecting your nah. mind. <laughs> um, he's, he's questioning um, Van Gaal's uh, tactics. Now, you loved Van Gaal's tactics. Um, no wonder I've got all the pieces. My, my thing's stopped. I've got to get it going again. So, your yeah. pacemaker? Yeah, yeah. It's, my vibrator's gone. <laughs> So, uh, plug it in the main, you'll be all right. I'm just, just, just if you can hear a lot of clicking, it's just uh, no. So, what do you reckon? Then? Do, do, do you agree with him or what? About what, Van Hal? About the Virgin, yeah. What, what's he said about him? He's questioning his tactics, he doesn't think his tactics are right for the team. Holland, that is, yeah. As, you mean Ten Hag? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised that United haven't made more of an effort, seeing that there's another couple of clubs that are involved and chasing Ten Hag. And I would, I would, well, you know what, my thoughts on it, I'd, I'd go for him or I'd go for Lewis. I said all along. No, I, hang on a minute, you've, got off, you've got off the track. The question was, Virgil van Dyke questioning Virgil Louis van Gaal's tactics. 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 Or Tic Tacs. Why is Virgil van Dijk questioning Louis van Gaal's tactics? I don't know. Why is he? I'm asking you if you think he's a good... I don't know. <laughs> well, you want know. to know. You're slagging him off just now. Van Gaal? Van Gaal's about 90. Has he got any tactics left? He came into United and ruined the club tactically and he sold... I'd have some of the players he sold at United. I'd have them back now. Like who? Yep. Johnny Evans, Raphael... Yeah, uh, Chikorito. Yeah, even Danny Welbeck. I mean, they're better than a lot of the players they've got there at the moment. And Van Hal got rid of him. He was clueless, absolutely clueless as a as a United manager. Where does where does Virgil Van Dijk come into it? 
when he plays for Holland, doesn't he? Oh, right. Oh, the penny's some... dropped at last. <laughs> I just thought it was random, randomly. But somebody else, I can't remember who it was. I, saw, I read something today that somebody questioning, seeing you're on about Van, uh, Van Dyke, uh, somebody saying that he's overrated because he's not played in a league that had the likes of Drogba and Van Persie at their best and all these other, listed a whole load of centre-forwards, basically saying that he's, he's shining at the moment because he's not up against the same talent that previous centre-halves have, have had to play against. So, I mean, he's, he's the best that there is out there at the moment, but is does he have to be that good to be the best at the moment? Oh, Virgil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, next question. This is sorry, Josh. I don't want you to feel outlined, uh, sidelined no, there. Right, but, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. But this next Josh one, did, did, nice. this, um, a poll in a minute. A, in a minute, Adrian will tell you, Josh, that the pod's going really well because Josh, you haven't said anything for a long time. <laughs> Isn't the pod going really well? Um, a poll has recently said that only four percent of Man United fans. I've got any time at all for the Glazers. Now, there's a surprise, isn't it, Rick? <coughs> Surprising it's that high. Mm, exactly. Exactly. In that same poll, Brent, Brentford gave their ownership 98%. So there's a golf. There's a difference yeah. in, in how the club is run. Yeah. Well, I think it's time they sold up, really. But, um, but having said that, I've got another one questionnaire. Where's... Um, Erland Harland, I don't know how you pronounce his name, uh, going to go. Because clearly Man United could afford him, because I think they're... But would they be able to outbid City, do you reckon, money-wise? Yeah, I think they can outbid anyone, Man United. Yeah. Well, I would have thought so as well, really, but... Uh, but do, they have the, do they have the pull of performances? Probably not. Well, not at but, the moment, no, that's for sure. But oh. on the other hand, with them in the team, you'd think that he could certainly soon quick, quickly make it up. Well, I don't know about that. They need more than one striker. Yeah. they got a major rebuild still. I'd be yeah. surprised if he goes anywhere other than City. Yeah. Really? Mm. Or he might even... I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed in Europe, went to, like, yeah. Real Madrid or something. Well, yeah. I must admit, as a United fan, I'd sooner see him go, to a, a go abroad than go to somewhere over here. Um, oh, yeah, of course you would. You know that would be a disaster, but another another interesting one. I see that um, they they broke the story that that Paul Pogba has apparently been talking to, or is, he's been touted to two or three English clubs. Presumably, one is definitely Newcastle. I don't know who the other one is, but uh, can you see that happening? Yeah, by who himself or his agent or oh, the his club agent, or... agent? I would imagine. Yeah, yeah well, I can definitely see it. Happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Newcastle agent money, simple as that. Three things. Yeah. Well, that seems to be the one thing he wants more than anything else, isn't it? Is money. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I think it would be, be a, a bit of a. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if he, I tell you what, if he did go to Newcastle and he turned it on, I would really be sick. But uh, well, that's the that's the one thing you can guarantee. If he does go to another English club, he will turn it on. Wherever he goes next, he will turn it on, and he will be world class. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. Guaranteed. Mm. Absolutely guaranteed. I don't think Man United's ever been a good fit for him. I think if it was, he wouldn't have left in the first place. Yeah, but don't forget, yeah. he didn't get on with Fergie, did he? And you don't, uh, you don't yeah, there cross must Fergie. A, there must have been a reason Ferguson didn't like him. Mm. 
I'd imagine he's seen hundreds of players like Pogba. Well, I'm sure he has, but uh... well, there was there was one. I think it was one of the straw that broke the camel's back. That there was a League Cup game, and United played Raphael, his brother Fabio, and John O'Shea in midfield, and Pogba was on the bench. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I think that might have uh, made his mind up a little bit. Yeah, interesting one though, isn't it? Really, a really interesting one. Anything to do with his attitude? Well, I think it's a lot to do with his attitude, but. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, that's, uh, I mean, if you, someone like Ferguson, it ain't going to mix, is it? No, no, it's not. Definitely not. That's a it? clash of cultures, isn't it? There's, there's two exactly. worlds in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instagram, Paul, and Fergie. Never yeah. going to work. Now, I suppose it'd be safe to say we we could be deemed as as um, pundits this evening, and I see that uh, Graham Sooners is going to be offered a new contract by Sky to be the sort of father figure pundit. What do we think about that? Not a lot, by the sound of it. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neither here nor there, really. To be honest, mate. Nah. I, the thing about Graham Sooners is, it was anybody else as surprised as I was? It just how upset he got about Zuma's cap. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> when that <laughs> broke, you know, with that interview, he was distraught, wasn't he? He was. He was nearly in tears. Oh, what a Graham! He fell for the cap. Yeah, no, that's sure enough. Sure enough. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Well, lads, we are running out of time. So it remains for me to say, first of all, Mickey, thank you very much for joining us. Very do appreciate it. And I hope you'll come on again. Now that you've come on once, we can drag you on again. No, pleasure, Alec. Lovely job. So, do you know, you look after yourself in the meantime. And, of course, Josh. Well, nice Josh is... See you, Rick. Good luck with the operation, Josh. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Josh is Josh is our our regular sort of inside man at Yeovil. Not that he gives oh. us much inside information, but <laughs> no, <laughs> you keep taking the tablets, Josh. You'll be all right. But uh, thanks, fa- thanks for coming on, mate. Again this week. No, we thanks do, for having me. Cheers. Do appreciate your help, Rick. Well, of course, enough said. Really, Rick's Rick. I mean, uh, at least you did arrive on Thank time you. this time. Your car didn't break down, which we had on Saturday. Um, yeah, you can shut your face as well. Yeah, all right, then I will. <laughs> and um, yeah, suffice to say, don't forget to join us on Saturday for full match commentary. He says desperately again, who are we playing on Saturday, Josh? Yeah, here we are. Barnet, I think, isn't it? Barnet, yeah, yeah. So please join us for that. Um, usual time, about quarter to, quarter to three. And hopefully we can make it four on the trot. And um, yeah, that's it for another week, I'm afraid. So thank you for joining us. And good night. Good night.